Ever wonder what makes the greats great? What makes the successful successful? What makes the brilliant brilliant? Our Tuesday meetups with the celebrities of pharma industry and science are your one-stop shop to all these answers and more. Join us for Pies of Life, an initiative of the Biopatrika Industry Mentorship Program, where we bring your dream mentors to you. I think this is a very, very important area for the world and especially for India. As you know, COVID itself has told us that uh, healthcare is so, so very important to understand. Um, and you know that, uh, you know, th there's a lot of focus now on life sciences because we need to understand much more about biological processes. And you also know that we may be the most high-tech country in the world but if you don't have good health, you can see that no technology has been able to really overcome COVID. COVID is an invisible virus, right? And now we realize that this invisible virus has played havoc with humanity and the world. And it has brought the whole world to a grinding halt. And now it is science that is going to find ways of combating this virus. And in this scientific pursuit, it's not just about biological sciences, but there's a convergence of technologies, right? And what is beautiful about the opportunity for all of us working in science and technology is the fact that the convergence of technology is allowing us to do things which we could never think of in the past. So when you think about just COVID-19 and looking at how technology is allowing us to do contact tracing, how technology is allowing us to basically have a much higher level of pandemic preparedness because as you get data from different parts of uh, you know, the ecosystem, you can actually know where the hotspots are, how you should do uh, containment, when can you open up, how should you open up. All these things can be done with technology. But at the same time, we also know that to do all of this, you also need to be able to test. Now, the testing is done by using RT-PCR and many other technologies which can measure the virus, right? And in order to measure the virus, you have to be able to pick up the fragments of RNA, the virus's RNA, through various technologies. And that's why today you're seeing many, many, many technologies coming to the fore. And that's again about scientific experimentation. That's about young scientists looking at this opportunity and say, how quickly can I do this test? How can I get this antigen, this viral antigen and measure it fast and measure it in different ways? So that itself has made you realize what the power of understanding science and understanding biological sciences is all about. Then we've seen that COVID itself is a very, very difficult disease because it has two phases of the disease. About 80% of the people get away with uh, just dealing with the virus. So that's like a normal flu and how a body uh, deals with a normal flu. 
but then you've got a second phase of the disease where the virus actually causes havoc where the virus triggers what is called as a hyperimmune cytokine response and that is actually causing a much graver complexity of the of the of covid than just the virus itself and that phase of the disease is what is killing people because the overactive immune system can cause a what is called as a cytokine storm and as you know when a cytokine storm is created it can uh, lead to organ failure so it damages parts of your uh, your body causing huge amounts of uh, life threatening complications so we know for a fact that the cytokines are causing vascular damage pulmonary damage gastrointestinal damage and then that is actually leading to many many other kinds of complications so you're seeing lung fibrosis set in you're seeing sort of uh, blood clots happening uh, killing people and you're seeing also a lot of gastric uh, you know damage taking place uh, and ultimately all this is leading to organ failure and causing death so you know as we go treating this disease we know that initially we didn't know what was happening personally i don't even think people should get on to ventilators because this is not about giving more oxygen this is really about getting rid of the inflammation and the cytokines right so as scientists we need to understand these diseases better and not just treat the symptoms today what's happening is that doctors are just treating symptoms so when people are breathless they're giving more oxygen but that is not the reason for the breathlessness the breathlessness is because of inflammation where your entire pulmonary uh, you know alveoli and uh, the whole pulmonary tracts are all inflamed and because they are inflamed you are not able to take in oxygen very easily and if you get rid of the inflammation you don't have a problem with the uh, the oxygen levels but what i am trying to say is as a as medical uh, you know as as students of medical science as students of biology we need to understand and learn a lot more about these diseases than just doing a textbook kind of learning so i think all, many of you are at actrec and i would really urge all of you that you need to look beyond what you're taught okay you need to question you need to query i know some of you are looking at cervical cancer some of you are looking at oral cancers uh, one of you is looking at a brain pediatric uh, brain tumor now all this is a very difficult area and you have to look at what is it that is so difficult to treat because you know as we all know today cancer is very well regarded as an immunological disorder okay it is not the the the, the poor understanding of cancer in yester years where it just used to be that oh for some reason it you know these cells have gone out of control and now we have to bombard these cells with chemotherapy or with radiotherapy today we know that these cells are going crazy because something in the immune system has gone crazy the triggers that normally or the or the or the kind of checks and balances that the immune system has has somehow gone out of control so we need to know how to bring back those controls and that's why a lot of the immuno 
uh, you know, oncology approaches are very exciting because we are beginning to understand what the immune system is all about. I think for all of you who are looking at cancer, I think the real opportunity is immuno-oncology because the immune system is an amazing system. Okay, it's a very complex system. It's, it's the most complex computer which can beat any computational uh, expert. Okay, because it is just so multiplexed and it is so, in, you know, sort of uh, multidimensional in the way it works. So I think you have to understand the immune system better. And as you understand the immune system better, you will get more and more understanding and more and more answers to many of these cancers that we can't treat today. Now, I can tell you that all of us have to be lifelong learners. You know, I myself am a lifelong learner. And I know for a fact that I have been fascinated with immunology just in the last few years. In the last few years, my interest and understanding of immunology has significantly increased. But I know it's just the tip of the iceberg that I understand. Because the immune system is formidable, it is daunting. And there is something in it for everyone to understand. Please understand that, if, that when you look at people who win Nobel Prizes, they win Nobel Prizes because they understand in depth a very critical mechanism that makes all the difference, right? And what I'm trying to tell all of you is that every one of you has an opportunity to study science in depth. Um, Amoga is here and I wanted to talk about clinical psychology. So COVID has also told us that there is a huge psychological burden that it has brought onto all of us because uh, we don't know how to cope with this disease. But the one big thing we must all understand is we are all in it together. It's not that only I am alone in my quarantined zone or only we are housebound. It is not like that. I think all of us need to understand that we have to fight it together. It is not about just one person being alone. It's many, many people who have had to quarantine themselves. I myself went through a, a very rigorous quarantine process because I went through COVID, right? But I didn't let that get me down because I knew psychologically I was very strong. I said, no, this is a viral disease. And I'm, as long as I track this viral disease and as, I, as, far as, I, as long as I know what to do, I'm not going to get scared. And I'm sure with my fitness and my health, I'll be fine. And sure enough, I got over it very, with, very, uh, with a very moderate dose of the disease. And more importantly, I didn't feel alone. I, you know, all of us have phones today and you know that it is not, uh, it is so easy to call up somebody. I mean, I was calling up my family 10 times a day and everyone was asking me, how are you feeling? I was like, fine, now leave me alone. I want to watch this Netflix movie. You know, so I was doing a lot of uh, things to keep myself busy. I was even attending webinars. A lot of people say, Arey, you got COVID. Why are you attending this webinar? I said, what? I'm not dying. No, I can speak. I can participate. I'm not feeling so tired and so fatigued that uh, I can't even be on a webinar. I did many, many webinars on uh, while I was having COVID. Okay. I did many TV interviews on COVID. So I'm just saying that you need to feel a sense of control and confidence. You should not give up. You should not just feel so helpless. 
that you feel that uh, you know nothing can be done oh my god is this going to be terrible am i going to die oh am i going to get up get, get into hospital now i don't think that's the way you have to look after yourself and get that confidence yes if thing if if, if you can't breathe you will have to check yourself into a hospital but you know they can be good i mean i my advice to everybody is don't wait as soon as you feel unwell please get yourself tested please get yourself treated believe me nobody has to feel breathless if you treat yourself early the people who are actually becoming serious are the ones who are in denial the ones who go very late to the hospital the ones who treat test themselves very very late those are the ones who are actually suffering but i can tell you in the last two weeks or three weeks as you can imagine ever since i uh, my covid story became known i've had at least 50 people ringing me up saying what should i do what should i do and i can tell you every one of those 50 people is fine <laughs> so i just want you to know that life is about self confidence life is about making sure that you follow the science life is about understanding what you're doing you cannot be panicking you cannot be ad hoc and you cannot be irrational that's the advice i will give to all you young people please question please query please find answers and please be problem solvers don't expect everyone to tell you what to do yeah you know i think that's my strong message to all of you because you are all educated people you have all studied well and it is about finding your answers it is about solving problems it is about making sure that even if you have a setback you learn how to deal with it and how to then come out with it stronger there are always opportunities i have actually been through a number of setbacks okay i've been through a number of uh, doors being shown at me saying sorry we we can't uh, help you we can't uh, offer you a job we can't give you a financial assistance but do you think that's got me down no i realized that for whatever reason i i couldn't get in i couldn't get into medical college i couldn't um, Uh, you know get a uh, uh, i couldn't get a job as a brewmaster i couldn't uh, get a loan from a bank i couldn't get people to work for me i i couldn't do so many things but that didn't keep me down i felt okay if i can't do this i'll do this and i always figured out ways of coming over those challenges so i want all of you to know that life is not a bed of roses and i always believe that with every challenge every obstacle it gives you a learning opportunity which is very valuable i can tell you if none of you have failures or if none of you has fa have faced any kind of obstacle in your life i feel sorry for you because you won't learn very much but if you actually face failures if you feel if you face roadblocks if you face things which didn't go right you will learn and through that learning you will become big better stronger and you'll have much more uh, confidence because when you finally overcome that challenge you'll feel a sense of fulfillment that's what i've always felt and that's what keeps keeps me grounded and keeps me moving ahead so yeah. i'll stop there and ask you for your questions yeah. uh, and i'll just moderate the questions that it right will ask you first so why don't you go ahead and ask your question Let's let's stick to one question. We'll go two rounds if we can. Okay. So, uh, hello, ma'am. 
so yeah um given you have so many achievements in your life so which one will you pick up as your the one which you are uh, most proud of or take the most pride in and why the reason for it no i think every award is a very special award in its own way if you know what i mean i can't pick one and say this is more important than the other and that's one thing i must also share with all of you that in life each thing has a certain meaning and each thing has a certain context so obviously if i were to talk about national awards obviously they are very important because it's a national recognition in a country like india you've been picked up from a billion people right so that's a huge honor right so my padma shri and padma bhushan obviously is a huge honor for me because a padma shri i got when i was in in 1989 i got it you know and i was uh, you know hardly 34 years old at that time um so uh, 35 i was so i'm just saying at that time to get a national award for biotechnology and for being a pioneer in biotechnology was a huge huge accolade who would have ex expected it right and i was one of the few women entrepreneurs so it was a huge honor for me to be recognized by my own country among so many people that you know as a young woman who was trying to start a biotech business i was actually noticed and recognized and acknowledged so that was one of my most special awards and then of course in 2005 i got the padma bhushan which was really to say that it's not just about being recognized but now you've built a something scalable and sizable and of national pride and national importance so that was a very big um, you know meaningful accolade for me and then i got two other national awards one was from france and one was from australia so you can imagine when you get recognized with national honors of other countries that is a very big moment of pride as well so i would say national honors have always been very very important to me because it is a global recognition and then of course i would say that my recent award which i got from ernst and young as the entrepreneur of the world entrepreneur of the year was a big big recognition even though people said to me in fact the jury itself in in ernst and young said to me you won every award that is worth winning so what is so important about this award they asked me and i said look this is an entrepreneur's dream award right because if you're acknowledging me as a world entrepreneur wow what a, a tribute is that so it's great winning such an award and then of course i worked i won so many other awards like you know i got the othmer gold prize for uh, chemistry uh, i've got uh, so many other such awards which i think are very very important awards but out of all of them i would say these were some of the special awards that are worth mentioning for the reasons i said thank you thank you good akshay why don't you go ahead hi um first of all i want to thank you so much for uh, giving your time and uh, being able to talk to us uh, about these things So um Narin sir has been a great mentor to all of us and we learned a lot from him. So I'm sure through your journey you had a lot of mentors of your own. And what would be the lesson that the most valuable lesson that you had taken back from your mentor? See I want to share with you the word mentor has to be looked at very differently. You know I think 
the reason you uh, the, the reason you call narain a good mentor is because narain basically shares a lot of you know important learnings with you okay and i have always looked at mentors as people whom i can brainstorm with i don't want to ask a mentor what should i do do you think i'm doing the right thing where do you think i should be doing the next thing that's not a mentor that's absolutely not a mentor according to me a mentor is somebody with whom you can brainstorm talk about your frustrations talk about what you want to do just use them as a sounding board and see whether it resonates with with people and i've had many such people and not everyone is someone i'm looking for giving me advice i look at mentors as people from whom i can draw inspiration that to me is a mentor so i remember when i was building biocon i used to have many of these people who used to inspire me i i'll tell you uh, uh, dr mashelkar okay dr mashelkar was a great inspirational person for me and he still continues to be a very dear friend of mine and we inspire each other okay but he inspired me a lot because i'll tell you why i felt that here is a man who has been given this huge responsibility of running csir which is such which at that time was such a complex and uh, you know sort of um, um, floundering kind of organization it never it never commanded any respect it was just a bunch of labs who are not doing mediocre stuff and every time they would say what a waste of money investing in science and technology and yet directors were given this job of saying run these places run these laboratories i first met him when he was the director of the national chemical laboratory in in pune which was a big universe a big institute but i remember when i first met him dr mashelkar said to me you know kiran do me a favor and i was very young i was in my 30s when i met him and he said do me a favor i said sure i he said just talk to my academic uh, my my senior uh, academic uh, colleagues and inspire them and and shake them up and tell them they have to do something about applying their knowledge because none of them is doing that you know they are either doing some research in their ivory towers and they don't think it's necessary to think about society at all they are just interested in publishing and he said i'm trying to tell them you know you you are in a institute which can make such big impact on society and they don't understand it so tell them and you know i was a chutt of a girl can you imagine me talking to this you know this this auditorium full of you know sort of gray haired academic uh, academicians and yet uh, uh, mashelkar said to me no you have to do me this favor you have to shake them up so i went and i just gave them a talk on what i felt that we should do as as academic centers from uh, from india what should we do and how we should re rejuvenate and make our centers of learning vibrant and so i just gave them a talk and you know mashelkar said you know even i was so inspired listening to you and ever since then we've been beco we've become such close friends today whatever i do whatever he does we always share our exchange our views on various things so he was a big 
in a way if you call that a mentor he was a mentor because we used, i used to bounce a lot of ideas off him and he used to bounce a lot of ideas off me as well and then of course mr vagul who helped me in my company because he believed in my technology he, he believed in my entrepreneurial uh, energy and he's the one that actually invested in me so i always used to consider him a mentor if there's ever someone i considered a mentor it was him not because i used to keep asking him what i should do but because i used to exchange i mean i used to share a lot of my ideas and my frustrations and my my excitement about technology which he used to understand and then he would say yeah and then he would advise me saying you know i'm going to help you but by the way you haven't asked for enough i'm going to give you more than what you've asked for and things like that so he was my really good mentor and then even today i have a lot of people whom i bounce a lot of ideas with so for instance uh, dr bala manian who used to be on our board he is an amazing man i mean he and i we call each other you know soulmates because every week we talk about a new idea and he's always giving he's always educating me about something or the other which is so novel uh recently sid mukherjee and i have become very close siddharth mukherjee is a very famous uh, oncologist in in new york and he and i bounce ideas so much from uh, across each other i mean narain knows that and uh, you know every week at any time of the day or night i know if i see a phone call from sid mukherjee i know he's got some idea so he'll say i just thought of this what do you think and then i'll say okay it's a great idea or no maybe we should look at it this way or sometimes i would get an idea and i'll call him up and suddenly i realize oh my god it's 11 o'clock at night for siddharth maybe it's too late so i'll quickly switch off then he'll call me back what happened did you just call me i said yeah yeah but i realized it's too late no 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 don't worry i'm still awake tell me tell me tell me and then we'll have a long chat so you know there are so many of these kind of people another friend of mine is bob langer he's an amazing uh, uh, scientist in mit there's another friend of mine sangeeta bhatia in mit so i have so many different friends who i find very inspirational you know who i can just pick up the phone and speak to them and say what do you think of this but these kind of people don't just arrive they they engage with you because there's a connect they connect with you because they know you're genuine and they connect with you because you know they know that you just want something to share with them see so mentorship is about sharing knowledge it's about bouncing ideas of each other and it's about being inspired okay so you must also remember that if you want a true member a mentor you also have to inspire the mentor it cannot be a one way street because that is not true mentorship because the mentor will only help you if they feel inspired by what you're doing so true so true kiran very very uh shabnam why don't you go ahead i know you hello my question is when being a woman but obstacle did you face and how did you deal with that see i you can read about this in many 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 interviews that i've given yeah but i think to answer your question look don't just focus on being a woman and the obstacles okay i can tell you that if you have a a great idea if you have a great sense of purpose nothing can stop you okay and i really want to say this to all the women here please stop thinking that just because i'm a woman you know i'm going to have a lot of problems yes everybody has problems women have more problems than men i agree 
but that shouldn't stop you okay i had lot of problems nobody wanted to work for a woman when i started my company no bank wanted to give me money because they said you're a woman you don't have any money in the bank you don't have any experience how can we give you money i had lot of those ex uh, problems but do you think it stopped me no when you are possessed by an idea when you are possessed by that sense of purpose nothing can stop you so please don't think about it and don't make it as an excuse because women always use this as an excuse saying oh you know but i can't do this because i'm a woman i said bullshit that's not true i said you are your problem you are in that mindset trap that oh because i'm a woman i can't do this or i can't do that get out of that mind uh, trap get out of that mindset because if you are good and if you believe in yourself and you are pursuing science with a sense of purpose nothing can stop you and that is equally true for a man or a woman yeah so true hello ma'am uh, yeah so actually i don't have any question but uh, just three or four days back i got detected positive for covid and right now i'm on medication i was i just read your blog two days before it was really motivating and that's what means i started attending webinars and then uh, today also that's the only reason i told that i'll come online and I'll, because just sitting and sleeping and taking medications it really no no it is exercise when i was taking a when i had covid i was doing regular exercise i was going for a 3 kilometer walk every day okay okay so don't sit and sleep go and exercise try and walk as much as you can do even if you can't go out at least do your 10000 steps if you can yeah, so i just walk in my room because i'm so yeah. isolated yeah so, but why can't you go out wearing a mask uh no actually uh, our society will not allow us okay, to go fine. out so if yeah. they don't allow it at least walk in your room or whatever yes. and you can yeah. do some uh, uh, you know uh, exercises in your room do yoga i did all that and okay. do that if you can do kapal bhati do that it's very good for food. yeah i do that every morning so uh, you will be mom, fine you are very yeah. young and you'll be fine in no time <clears throat> Okay. Yes, yes. That blog was very helpful for me. Thank you so much for that. Okay, Sivaram, and then Amoga next. Hello, ma'am. Ma'am, I just wanted to know in your entrepreneurial journey, like, did any situation came which made you feel we need to give up, and how you handled that? I told you that I'm not the person to give up. <laughs> and obviously i've had a lot of uh, uh, times when uh, things didn't go well some failures happened but that is to be expected in any journey any i mean your life is full of failures i mean nobody's life can be such a dream life that nothing goes wrong in your life yes right okay. and when something does go wrong you learn how to come out of it yes so i am not the kind of entrepreneur who will give up at the drop of a hat or if there's something very seriously wrong Uh, i just think you need to understand that there will be pitfalls along the way and you have to overcome that yeah uh grant amoga to ask the question about uh, the mental health yeah uh, so i wanted to ask ma'am that what is your idea or your thoughts on mental health and its awareness in our country and how you think it so is i think you know mental health is a serious problem in our country because we don't even acknowledge it 
and we believe that uh, everyone has to cope with their own mental health problems especially if it is uh, if it is uh, serious um i know that uh, you know there is a a clinical uh, mental health issue and there is a transient mental health issue so as you know um you know either we sort of uh, be little mental health by saying are yaar you know why should she be depressed why should that person be depressed and we don't even look at it as an illness i mean today if you say uh, i have a headache a lot of people can say why should you have a headache are yaar just take one paracetamol and you'll be fine the same way even if you're depressed you might need to take some medication to come out of it we must understand that a lot of what we feel is a chemical process in our mind in our bodies and therefore if there's a chemical imbalance i just talked about cancer being a uh, you know an immunological imbalance similarly if you look at mental health it's a chemical imbalance and that chemical imbalance causes a lot of unexpected and abnormal emotions and it is it is about your uh, your your neurological system where you know either the neural signals are very slow or too fast or whatever is happening but they are all basically because you're producing or not producing enough chemicals so i think you need to look at mental health much more seriously than what you're doing right now there are very serious things going on in our society like look at the suicide uh, levels in our society that's not a good sign at all it means that we are not really looking at mental health issues in a real way we are not do, you know going about psychologically counseling people to get out of this mental health uh, problem so i think clinical psychology is extremely important and i think trained a training in clinical psychology to be a good clinical psychologist is very very important for our country secondly i think we need to look at every aspect of mental health some are very serious like say schizophrenia and you know that kind of level of violence and then you have other levels of uh, a uh, mental health which can be which are transient and which you can correct very easily so i think it is a very important issue and we need to give it far more uh, importance and focus than we are doing today especially in rural india as you know anyone with a little bit of a mental health problem is ostracized from society and they need not because they can be perfectly normal if they get medication and they can come back and lead perfectly normal lives but we are very mean as a society and we ostracize people very easily without giving them a chance to recover uh, i'm i'm sorry to uh, add on a question i just have a follow up question uh, can you suggest some ways in which you think are good ways where we can spread the awareness and importance more well i think there's a lot being done uh, i myself am a part of uh, the live love laugh foundation and there we are trying to do a lot we are working with the government and with uh, uh, you know various ngos to spread the awareness of mental health i know that we did an exercise in davangiri in 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 six districts and there now what we've done is from nimhans every uh, wednesday 
there is a psychologist who goes there and meets with the people gives them medication follows them up and i can tell you it's made a big difference to a lot of the people who came with this mental health issue and there were a large number of people even in all these poor districts hello ma'am uh, my question is that what was that uh, idea or that turning point which triggered you to be an entrepreneur i always tell people it was just an accidental encounter i couldn't get a job and one entrepreneur from ireland came and offered me an opportunity to start a business and because i was so upset and angry i said why not and that's how i started a company oh good it's a big success thank you ma'am uh raji you're on uh yes uh ma'am uh, what are your views about scientific culture in india and uh, is it really nourishing young minds to be an entrepreneur and if no what changes would you suggest in the education system throughout to bring up that change in the society and to the uh, educational system in india see first and foremost our education itself should be curiosity driven you know it should not be about uh, passing an exam and and rote learning which is what has been the style of education and i think the national education policy is actually addressing all this and they are actually telling us that it should be curiosity driven it should be project led and i think once you start from that kind of education from school believe me the rest of it becomes much simpler i mean i owe my uh, curiosity driven education to my school in bangalore okay it's not that i went abroad to be to have this kind of uh, thinking i uh, studied at bishop cotton girl school and i can tell you that all my teachers used to make us think they would ask us uh, to solve problems so i think having that problem solving curiosity driven learning approach is the way to make people think and uh, improve their scientific temper i think for far too long in our country we've only focused on marks and those marks have always been about theory uh, you know theory courses like here's a written exam and let's see how many marks you get here we've never really focused on projects or practicals that are equally balanced i remember even in college practicals were only like uh, i think 25% of all our marks and yet i used to find the practicals very challenging and very interesting and even in the theory classes in in college i must say even when i went to bangalore university it was a very curiosity driven education we had those days because our professors used to actually give us uh projects to do at home even if they were theory they would say okay uh and it was very interesting they would say okay uh this is uh, i'm giving each one of you a, a a subject i want you to learn this subject as deeply as you can and come and give a a, a lecture in in the in the to the rest of your uh, colleagues i thought that was a very nice way of getting us to learn a lot about uh, the subject and they would give a little uh, uh, prize to the best presenter or the best uh, uh, teacher nice nice good good idea uh, like my question is like ma'am 
till how much extent ma'am like your family support has helped you ma'am you so have to have some family support i mean my yeah, father was my biggest supporter my mother of course was a great support and i think uh, they really encouraged me to go out and uh, do something with my life in fact my father i felt was the most liberated man whom i've ever known my throughout my life because he told me when i was growing up he said you know don't be like the rest of your friends and only focus on getting married because that was how it was in my times right everyone wanted their daughters to get married he said now don't be like your friends let them get married but i want my daughter to do well and pursue a career so when you have a father who thinks like that i think it's a great support he said look you've educated yourself you've done so well don't waste your education Yeah. and i think that message holds true for all of us today <laughs> that education is so precious in our country that if you waste your education by sitting at home and if your parents are telling you acha beti koi baat nahi you are you can get married and stay at home i think we are wasting an education hi ma'am thanks for uh, giving us your valuable time uh, i you have been always the source of inspiration for all of us especially to join biotech uh question is uh, what one thing in indian biotech industry you feel can be rectified or should be changed to make us a global like uh, the way biocon is emerging as a uh, as a global player all rest of the bio biotech companies can be no i don't think uh, you know i think the biotech sector has to grow and evolve and i think biotech entrepreneurs have to basically understand what the opportunity is what you know you have to basically pick on a problem and try and solve that problem and can you make a business of it that's the way i've always looked at building my business and i think biotech offers you all that i mean look at today in covid how many companies are trying to create uh, test kits how many people are trying to create those uh, uh, reagents for uh, for uh, test kits how many people are even trying to just create those viral transmission modules how many people have made businesses out of anything to do with vaccine development there's so much for everyone to do so i don't think there's a dearth of ideas and in a country like india where we have huge healthcare challenges you know solving every one of those problems is an entrepreneurial opportunity so that's the way i would look at biotech and the only thing that biotech needs is a proper ecosystem because right now only the government is funding risk capital but we need to create an ecosystem where the venture funds also a thing or you should be able to borrow from a bank like i did hello ma'am yeah so uh, my question is like uh, in a country like india the academia and industry are two different worlds so in academia the research is only focused uh, you know uh, to the publishing uh, aspect and uh, there's little of translational uh, uh, aspect to it so uh, i mean what could be done to uh, gap this bridge and what are your opinions actually that's not true because you know because in acad no that's not entirely true i mean if you look at uh, what's happening today you look at what ccmb has done right they've come up with that feluda test and they've partnered with tatas you come up with a large number of tests even vaccines are now being partnered so there's a lot happening actually today thanks to covid 
where academia suddenly realizes it can actually contribute a lot and industry feels that oh if academia has got this let's take it to the market so at last this kind of realization and recognition is coming but i think actrec needs to do that because you're doing so much research in actrec but that needs to translate into a, 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 a commercial opportunity so that's the only thing which i would suggest that you need to push actrec into doing because actrec is doing very well in terms of research and clinical understanding but that has to translate also into something which is you know entrepreneurial something that will actually make a difference uh, to cancer patients hello ma'am uh, good afternoon yeah ma'am i just wanted to ask you like uh, do you see any potential for uh, like novel research in biopharma in india in the future like we are mostly stuck with still the biosimilars so uh, do you see true. that's not true a lot of companies are developing novel products okay i mean our own journey in biologic started with novel products so biocon could not have been a leading biosimilars company if we hadn't developed novel biologics before that so we have two products one is of course etolizumab which is you know being used for covid patients and it is being used for a number of autoimmune diseases including in the us they are finding that it's very effective against uh, graft versus host disease and it uh, is being applied for as a breakthrough drug so which means that yes. this is something coming out of our own labs here and then we have another very fine drug called uh, nimotizumab which is being which was which has been used extensively in head and neck cancers and nasopharyngeal cancers and actually tata uh, tata memorial did do a very large trial but like everything in india we never really um, you know have confidence in our own home ground products and today nimotizumab has far greater recognition in china than in india you know which is very sad because we constantly run after drugs which are developed in the us and not in india and i think that's the confidence we need to Uh, bring into our country because uh, uh, we need we need to really think about what we are doing in terms of innovation and not just us but i think the whole system has to recognize it yeah i think we need some more uh, i guess support from the government in terms of no, and there are lots of companies doing wonderful things i can tell you all the startups in bangalore that i look at there are these breakthrough antimicrobials that are being developed by bugworks but who is recognizing them not india it is being recognized by uh, you know uh, nih it's being recognized by the welcome trust it is being recognized by all these various global entities but not india okay yes so i think that is the big deficiency we have in our country because we have got that colonial mindset starting with our doctors our doctors only want to prescribe uh, you know western drugs they don't want to prescribe uh, indigenous drugs so those kind of that mentality has to change then only you'll see more novel drugs otherwise i can tell you there's so much novel research going on in in bangalore itself i've seen five or six companies who are doing some amazing work but they are struggling because there are no takers for their research and all of them have to finally go abroad to uh, <laughs> to get their uh you know novelty so kiran are you spiritual and what do you feel about spirituality and 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 how does that play in daily life 
I don't think I've got to that level of being spiritual. I mean, I'm very God fearing, but not spiritual. Um, I enjoy a lot of, uh, um, let's put it this way. I, I enjoy classical music, Hindustani classical music. I enjoy a lot of, uh, uh, you know, good downtime, enjoying music. You know, like I, I, I enjoy bhajans and things, but I don't do it for a spiritual reason. Okay. I enjoy it from the, you know, the raga point of view or, for the, or from the musical point of view. So I would not call myself spiritual at all. So now, you know, I have to let everybody know when I joined Biocon right in the beginning, Kiran didn't even know me much at that time. And, you know, I'm she, now you, now she knows that I'm very into music. So I made her sing one song in one of those board meetings and you sang that song. Uh, those were the days, my friends. <laughs> so nice. <laughs> uh, no, and also, you know, that I, you know, I never do anything without uh, Bhumi Puja. I don't do anything without a Ganesha in my every part, every room I am in. So those kind of things, yes, but that's not spiritual, you know, that's just... Yeah, yeah. Uh, Rai, Rai, you had, you said you had a question. Yeah, yeah. So this is, ma'am, this is a very specific question which I had for you. So you, uh, the Biocon itself is about, uh, you know, integrating innovation with affordability. Is That's the tagline. So how do you do that? Like something like uh, CAR T cells, where you are actually genetically modifying a patient's own cell to evade the cancer. How do you bring affordability in that kind of a... So that is the innovation, no? You have to think, when you have a goal, you have to innovate to think how are you going to achieve it. Yes. And you have, to, you, know, make it you have to know where is your benchmark and what are the costs you can, you can reduce and do it well because you don't want to sacrifice quality. So okay. my motto has always been highest quality at lowest cost because we are in India. Yeah. So uh, I know it's we are, we are just uh, two minutes more. Anyone anyone has any burning question? Otherwise, we'll ask Kiran for the, her last few thoughts. Neil, burning question. <laughs> so let me end by just saying that all of you have a great future. You have to you know seize those opportunities, and you have to create those opportunities. Yeah. Okay. So all the best. Thank you. Thank, thank you. Thank you. A network should last a lifetime. Let us help you create lasting professional relationships with our world-class mentors through the Biopatrika Industry Mentorship Program. A strategic guidance program unlike no other, full of expert interviews, industry internship opportunities, CV writing, inflection point analysis, life maps and of course the gateway to your dream career. For a limited time only, all our services are freely available for you as we truly want you to succeed.